Kilokish here, Kilokish Robinson. Thank you for coming out. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so let's get it started. Um, give us a little background so we know we're going to talk about your show and about your art side of things. And, and since we've done a number of shows together, I know you're originally from Florida, but like, how did you get into art to begin with? Well, I think I've always kind of just been creative. I've always been a bored kind of child. So my parents used to give me tons of the only thing they found that could make me be still was just like crayons and and like sand art and tons of stuff like that so and making bracelets so I've kind of always been more of like a hands-on kind of kid with stuff like that and I guess in high school I was mainly doing academic stuff and then Mm. you know I had like a really heavy kind of like workload I would always have like to do extra tutoring and all this extra stuff so you were special (laughs) I was special. Um, No, I had a a lot of stuff going on. So like when it came time to decide like what I want to do for college, I knew that I didn't want to, you know, be a doctor, a lawyer or something like that. So I knew I wanted to do creative work. So I applied to a bunch of art schools in New York. You wanted um, to get out of Florida? Wanted, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was reading tons of like Vogue magazines, mm-hmm. so many fashion magazines. I had like 10 subscriptions and I would just like live in my magazines. And at the time they had MySpace too. Yeah. So I would just see everyone kind of in New York and how they lived all these cool lives. And so I knew that I wanted to do something creative or earn design. And so I applied to all these art colleges and then I got into Pratt. And so I was like, just ready oh, wow. to go. So and just, had you been to New York before? Did you go visit at all? Or do you just knew that you wanted to be in New York? Well, I also grew up like partly in New Jersey. So my okay. family's from the East Coast. So they're from familiar. North Jersey. Yeah. So my dad would take me to New York a lot. And I also went to a pre-college program at Pratt where like I did like an architecture thing over the summer. And I, and I was like, oh, I definitely want to go to the school and do this. So so you're kind of like you were you wanted to do you were kind of like in between you liked art, but you also like fashion and you were kind of like just and were you doing any music then? No, that's no the music? one thing oh, I really? just never did until I moved to New York. Crazy. Um, so Yeah, I was very shot, like a very kind of to myself kid and mm. just like doing my own projects and like making things and, and cooking and going to vintage shops and like cutting up my clothes, which I still do today. But yeah. It's, I'm kind of just the same as then. It's just different mediums So then you, went to, and then you went to Pratt? Yeah. Did you graduate? No. So I went there for one year and then I transferred. Well, I went there for one year. I was, I intended to go to the second year yeah. and my financial aid didn't go through. So I was oh. at a point where I was like, well, I can't afford to go to the school. So what, can, like I either can go back home to Florida or I can just live here, try to yeah. make it for a year and apply to new schools. Mm-hmm. So I tried to, um, I was like, well, mom, I'm not going to move back. So I just decided to stay and I got a job working at a, like a little salon. And then I worked in restaurants. I did cool. street cast modeling stuff. Yeah, And that's kind of when I started making music. Cause I just didn't yeah, how you did know, that come about? Home. You were just like hanging out and like people yeah. around you. Everyone's making music and stuff like that. And what right. were you into at this time? At this time, I just liked going out, working my like shift, going out, drinking, eating dollar pizza, <laughs> hanging out at Tompkins Square, yeah. like literally just being like downtown and That's just cool. do, literally doing nothing for yeah. days at a time, just meeting people, absorbing the city, going to museums. And what about music and art at this time that you're into that like influencing you? 
Well, I think I had just seen so many, so much music and art that I hadn't like really seen before at yeah. that time. Like there was, there was. And this was a great time in New it York. It was a great too. time. It was a great time to go out every night. You could go to like Lit Lounge or you could go to like Happy Endings. You could mm -hmm. go to like Max Fish, all these like random places yeah. and hear so many different styles of music, mm -hmm. um, underground music. And also like everybody, it's like a melting pot of places. So everybody was playing the different music from their, their city. So yeah. it was really cool. So during that time, my my roommate, he was a rapper and he would always like need a girl to like say little lines on oh, yeah. stuff. So he'd be like, well, Keish, you could say it. So I started doing that. And then that turned to making songs of my own. Cool. And then I happened to meet Matt and Sid from the Internet, which weren't the Internet yet. Yeah. And they had just signed like deals um, on the West Coast and Odd Future had gotten their whole deal and everything. So they were like, oh, well, why don't you come out to L.A. and like record an EP? And I was like, wow. okay, cool. I don't have anything else to do. I don't, I'm not in school. So I just did it. That's and cool. then from there, I just started making music and I came back. And when I released the EP, I was on the cover of like Village Voice and all this stuff. So, so it just, just kind of happened quick, huh? really randomly. Yeah. And so I guess for the first years of my making music, I didn't, it was so foreign to me because yeah. I'm not the type of personality that really wants to be in on front? show. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm just more of like a creative or a creative director, designer, just an artist at heart, not uh -huh. so much of a performer, uh -huh. but yeah, I had to like learn, you know, who I was as an artist and like, I love my past work, like now listening to it. Mm -hmm. But during that time I felt so insecure because I was like, well, I didn't, put in the 10 years like yeah. leading up to this or I was never a kid that cared yeah. about this and now I'm being judged like and now the you're same. on the cover you're like yeah. you're getting on the shine and stuff yeah it was so strange but you know so many series of events and just my friends at the time and the people that were around me mm -hmm. like helped to push it forward you know yeah well I mean not to get ahead because that kind of leads to like your real safe show when you're like in this whole thing of like who's a performer what it means to be a performer of like the identity of like who's on show am i performing for you am i performing for myself yeah real safe was so much about like public perception and how you're viewed and how you view yourself in public spaces yeah so it i didn't even think about like linking the two of those things but yeah i, I often in my own head i'm thinking these things a lot because essentially i'm an artist but in music you become also an entertainer yeah. Which is another whole like level that I don't really consider myself, yeah. but it's just a part of the job. Like yeah, people consider people are paying you that to go see yeah, tickets and, like, and see you and you got to go on tour and it's a whole biz and all yeah, that kind of stuff. And they want to be entertained. And so it's like coming at it from a completely different space. Like, yeah. how can I entertain, but also how can I like teach and. But you play with that too, right? Cause you always like to throw people off. Cause I remember hearing about like in Berlin when people go to see you and they expected <laughs> one thing and then you're like thrashing all crazy on the stage yeah. and everyone's like what but it's like totally I, I, I like to be rebellious and that like I've always been like just my own person since I was a kid I, I just mm -hmm. do what I want so for me it was hard to assimilate yeah. into music I think music is the hardest for me to assimilate because of that reason well, it's also you didn't have a master plan so it's not like you were just like oh like I'm coming from this jazz background I studied for like 12 years now yeah. God, here's my mixtape and all. I'm like gotta get it in it's like you kind of just kind of went into it. Yeah. I kind of went backwards in that like, but you understood the process though. Totally. I mean, I came at it from a um, cut and paste kind. Yeah. I came at it from like a art school way yeah. of going about it because I was in school whilst doing this and like learning screen printing and design and like learning conceptual art and learning why yeah. artists do what they do and spending so many times, so much time in museums and stuff. So my music 
comes I come at it from that space and that I'm always making art. Yeah. You know, I never thought of it of like, oh, I need to make like a hit song or mm-hmm. that all of that came later. Like mm-hmm. as I learned the business more and I learned like what's rewarded in the music mm-hmm. business. So now I, I have an even harder road because it's like I do care about the artistry of the whole thing mm-hmm. and that's outside of like what it sounds like what it looks like or how it is aesthetic aesthetically mm-hmm. i really care about you know actually having some people feel something or or but you're um, kind of like a curator in a weird way like you're kind of curating the experience of like whether it's audio or visual or you know the whole the whole thing yeah i guess i just consider myself a creative director of myself but you, you know. must feel some pressure. Well, I always thought it was kind of cool that I feel like if you really wanted to go more of a pop route, you probably could, but you kind of rebel against that stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm starting the older I get to, you know, you can only be weird for so long and like into the point that weirdness be weird becomes pretty long. Yeah. Become the weirdness becomes kind of basic to you. Yeah. So now it seems more weird to be yeah. pop. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm, I'm teetering back the other way in that. Yeah, it's important to explore different spaces. Like musically, I, I want to see what, what a pop album from me would feel like or mm-hmm. what an alternative record or electronic record or, you know, spoken word. I've already done so many of these things. So I'm trying to like now see You like what's to challenge left. yourself, right? Yeah, you want to exactly. challenge yourself. You don't want to get into it, right? And you want to kind of like, and also it's really cool because, you know, I know you from the art side and it's like even all your shows, even with your shows, they're really like, you know, not to bounce around too much, but they're kind of, you know, very inclusive. You got multimedia, you got film that you're dealing with. You're doing like some print work. You're doing also the whole experience. Like, I don't even want to give it away with Real Safe because mm-hmm. hopefully you can still do that again. But it's you're doing performance, but you're also involving the audience in a cool way and giving them an experience. Who influences you? You got a couple of influences of well, people that you look like. Bowie or something? Or yeah, well, yeah, I, I love I love Bjork, obviously. Yeah. Um, I love the way that she's able to bring music into an art space as well mm-hmm. and just push boundaries like in terms of like what a music project can be, how mm-hmm. large and how encompassing it can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like all types of different things. I think I'm influenced by like trip hop and um, mm-hmm. early 2000s rap and also backpack rap and Madonna and Grace Jones. Well, it seems like and- you're very like Grace Jones, Madonna, like good examples of like, you're, you're also really aware of like your image of like the way music gets out there of like using like social media. Like when you did, you know, your poems where you're doing the predictive texting and all that kind of stuff. Being an artist, you kind of also have to know where you live, like, cause we're not living, you know, I mean, totally. like the way you're perceived and like the way that like, cause now it is different. It is like people get media from like, you get online, you get on Twitter, you get on film, people, everyone's documenting everything all the time. Well, so I think it, now you try to make spaces that feel like, you know, people are going to look at them on their phone. You know, yeah. you know that you try to make spaces that look good in that, with that as a canvas yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's fun to do the immersive work because you're not playing with one sense, you know, you're playing with multiple senses and you're able to explore what that is like, because I feel like people are constantly listening to music or they're watching a visual or they're, there's usually only two, you know, you don't get to touch also. Yeah. You don't get to also like, you know, experience what that's like with other people. So yeah. When also being an artist, you kind of also have to be aware. You can't just like, Oh, I'm just going to do the music. I'll leave all the rest up to you. You know, you know, I mean, some people do, but it's not the best decision to do that kind of because you kind of also have to like how it's going to be consumed in all these different medias. 
if well, you want the difficult. message to be there. It's difficult because it's like in music, I think people expect you to, you give us the music, you deliver the music, and then we deliver everything else to you, you know? And it's quite difficult if you're a multimedia artist because yeah. you want to, you want to, you care equally about the typography as you mm-hmm. care about the song, as you care about the visual, as you care about mm-hmm. the merch. Like all mm-hmm. these things are all special to you. And if they're equally important, that's really, really hard for business people to understand because they're like how do we give our effort in the right place when you're like but your effort needs to be spread along amongst all these places and that doesn't even like what if you want to create a brand or what if you want to do art installations like it creates all these arms that all require a lot of detail Mm -hmm. um so i'm learning that now like well i mean it's crazy the idea of branding wasn't even around to like like you never had that in the art world or so much as like you know, that you had to like be concerned with branding. Like that wasn't even part of the conversation, but now it's like almost a whole conversation. It's yeah. like people like, you know, you're only 18 years old and they're already like, oh, you know, trying to brand everything around it. Then it's hard because then you, it's easy to lose your identity in the whole mix. Right. Totally. And that's why I tend to like to change Yeah, because it's, I think when you change often or you're an artist that is constantly like, pushing themselves to be different or be better than they were not even necessarily better, but just to explore different places they haven't explored. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it comes out good or bad, or it's a marketable project or it's, it's like a successful project in the public size, people are still interested to see what you're going to do next Yeah. versus like, Oh, I already know what this is going to be, but not to say that that necessarily works, but I think for longevity in arts, I think it's better. I rather err on the side of that than to be well, I mean, that identified is the, with that one That is thing. the goal. Like in pop culture, you got to realize that pop's always eating itself. It's always destroying this whole definition of pop. So mm-hmm. like to stay relevant. And the thing is that I feel like you have a younger audience, but you also challenge them with all these like kind of interesting ideas and stuff. Like even I know we're jumping around a little bit, but we just had the Blessed Assurance show mm-hmm. and it was really interesting to see like I know when people first came in like how they were gonna like consume it you know yeah because they like know you from you like they know you as art but then it's also interesting and I know that you were kind of like precarious or like how are people gonna perceive this like yeah it was the right thing I did or like yeah you know? it's confusing because I guess you never know how people are going to you have an idea of what you think people will do in the space but mm-hmm. then you're quickly um <laughs> made aware of how people yeah. actually would think to first use the space and it informs how you're going to continue like and how you're going to run the show going forward so it was interesting because when we had the opening people were kind of just looking at the films and they didn't know about that there was an also like a, an immersive like a touch thing yeah. that they could do or ways that they can interact with the space and i didn't know that i needed to like Leave like them. explicitly yeah say yeah. that but um you we learned like you know most art installations and most art galleries and what we learned with real safe was is that people are looking for the art on the yeah. wall yeah like they're looking for oh, that's what a guy came in he's like what is this art gallery? i don't see any pictures on the wall like, really <laughs> they're looking for like the thing to look at and that's what you do in an art gallery that's what you do in a museum you look you don't yeah. touch you don't yeah. you don't become a part of it yeah um and so i think that's a fun space to be in because it's it's like new frontiers. Well, this whole premise of this show is about creativity too, mm-hmm. right? So you were like interviewing people and they were coming in blind. They didn't even know what they were getting into. Mm-hmm. What well, can you ex- like explain a little bit? Because it was about a dream that you had and it was like, yeah. and, and this whole thing like God and like, I feel yeah. like God's coming into a lot of the conversation these yeah. days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, 
with the interviews, I basically was like, I want to interview creatives. I'm not going to interview you about what you make, but more so why you make it and, and what it feels like to make it some more, some of the in the body senses and feelings that come with like sparks of inspiration. And where do those things actually come from? Mm -hmm. Because it's this ephemeral thing. And it's really hard to like explain. People often ask like, well, well, how did you come up with that idea? And you know, the true answer is, I don't know. Yeah. You know, that's the true answer. Like, where did it come from? Like, I didn't like sit down with a piece of paper and like etch this out. Yeah. It just drops in, you know? And so I wanted to, for a second, explore that, you know, subconscious part of creativity Mm -hmm. because that's the way I make the majority of my work. And I thought it would be an interesting way to make a show about it and also an experiment to see if other people were similar to me in that way. Yeah. And I found that, it was all extremely similar. Everyone was like, well, I don't know how it happens. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. Like it feels like this spark of inspiration. I get this rush and I feel guided. I feel like yeah. there's an arrow yeah. pointing me in the direction that I'm supposed to go. Like see there's some quotes from the actual interviews themselves. And many of them had stories where they felt like they were sleeping or had a dream and someone told them that they were supposed to do this. Yeah. And I've had experiences like that myself. Mm-hmm. And I wondered is it a space that creatives live in to where you're just already in an open enough space to have these, you know, subconscious waves cross past you? Well, I think it often? is. It's like serendipity a little bit. Like when you said, when you first went to New York, that was the environment. And also like people forget like these cities have, or places or times have these zeitgeist moments when like there's just creative energy kind of happening all around and there's like things happening. And then if you're open to that stuff, that allows more things to happen, I think. You totally. know, Cause you don't want to create in a bubble or like just in pure isolation. Cause that's, what's interesting about your stuff. It's just a lot about self-discovery, but you're also always including people in the process. So you're like kind of like discovering yourself through like other people's interpretation of how they create And then also getting their reaction to your creation or putting them on the spot of like how they, how they believe and how they process your art. Yeah. I think it's just really interesting to, you know, I was floored, honestly, like I didn't expect to get what I got out of those interviews. And mm-hmm. from, from there, I changed like the yeah, path kind of the dictated show. This, yeah. Yeah. I changed the path of the show because I was like, these people, they're really like die hard believing, you and know, it was kind you, of a spiritual thing too, spiritual, right? Yeah. And you, and you spend so much time in this industry and you can become a little bit jaded. Yeah. You can feel like, okay, well, that's yeah. not important. This isn't important. Yeah. But for me, musically, I've been a sp- in a space, like I'm releasing an EP called Redux, which is essentially like a revisiting of the reasons why you began doing things Yeah, and like revisiting like humble materials, revisiting like glitter and glue and like cutting and pasting and like photocopying and doing things with your hands, like coming back to like this art school way. And Mm -hmm. so interviewing young people was really refreshing for me because they're coming at it from a completely different space of not having anybody necessarily Mm -hmm. like value their work yet. Yeah. And them having this like unwavering belief and faith in the fact that that's what they're meant to do. Some people didn't have a place to live. Some people were traveling from other cities and you forget that you did the same thing. Yeah. Like you forget like 10 years can go by and you can so quickly forget 
all yeah. the things that you did to get yourself where you are. Yeah. And so I wanted to make a show that was just about the boldness and the beauty and the the sacrificial nature of being a creative and mm-hmm. how those people need protection and those people need help and they need hands up. And they do. You know, and they and so that was what the altar in the church was yeah. about because it's like the only thing that's going to keep you is just that singular belief that yeah. it's possible. Yeah. And so I wanted to like play that into like religious sensibility and how, you know, in Greek mythology, um, there's all these people going on these heroes journeys, you know, and they have all these little totems along the way, these Mm -hmm. people that help them, these guides, these like Mm -hmm. sages that teach them and they go on these paths and they slay these dragons. And that's what a creative or an artist or any entrepreneur is to me. It's somebody that's like not taking what other people say and they're just going forth in like the path. You also have that kind of willingness to suffer. Exactly. And, you know, even down to nuns and priests and people like that, that are like, no, this is a calling that I feel willing to relinquish all these other things. Like I, I feel willing to live in on a friend's couch for six years because this is way more important. Yeah. And to me, they just like they lit me up in a way and they seemed so saintly and they seemed so, you know, pure in that way that they were like, just like, I'm willing to give and devote mm-hmm. um, for something that is purely faith-based. Yeah. So that's where the like religious connotation like kind of came into the show and like all of these windows. And I wanted the main symbol of the show was just this window. And I kind of saw like making films with their lips and their eyes and that like it's them blessing themselves Mm -hmm. and their own work and like saying prayers over themselves because every single time you, you know, say, no, it's possible for me to do this. It's possible you're, you're blessing yourself, you know, and I wanted to bless them with that altar and like allow people to leave things there. So if you do go to the blessed show, the sculpture that's in that room, you're able to leave whatever you want there. Mm -hmm. I hope that by the end it is more full yeah. And it's changed as a result of like. And what about the sound pads and stuff? How did that incorporate into everything? The sound pads, I knew I wanted to do a sh- another show with those because I liked the idea and I wanted to like um, improve upon it. And with the sound pads, it was mainly that front room is like the waiting room of the mind where you're kind of trying to come up with ideas. I wanted to create a space that felt like the spark of inspiration Mm -hmm. and also encourage creativity and other people in that, like, you know, you can be creative by just pressing a button. Yeah. You know, you can be creative by just, you know, seeking it out, putting your hand out in front of you and trying to touch something. Yeah. So I wanted it to be a space for non-creatives or people that don't, which I don't believe is a real thing because I think everyone's creative. Yeah. I think no, but like, I think people are just scared. They're just afraid. afraid. They don't yeah, want exactly. to make that thing. Cause it's like, if you just go, go for it, you're just already doing it. Exactly. It's like just the idea of even trying to do it is already doing it. Yeah. But uh, people don't realize how creative they are every day. It's like, you're creative when you go to the grocery store and decide what you're going to choose to eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the, and I think the creative creativity, people are always like, Oh, well I can never do that. Or I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know how to, no, it's not my thing. And yeah. I would have never thought I would be doing half the things that I do yeah. now, but it's really just like, I think it enriches your life so much. But you have a certain fearlessness when it comes to. I do like to like take risks. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think. I well, think I think you understand the process too. So you can kind of incorporate all these different ideas and then it's more about the idea than it is about the, like, you know, it's like, oh, well, if I want guitar on, or, you know what I mean? It's like, I, don't have, I can just go, like, I want to, this is where I want to get to. So yeah. what I have to do to get there, maybe I have to incorporate different things. Cause same with your film work, you kind of like just do your films. Yeah. And the, the reason I wanted to try to explore this in the show is because oftentimes I'm kind of confused 
through the process of making things. And mm-hmm. I'm, my process is really just asking a ton of questions and mm-hmm. trying to figure out the answer through doing it. Yeah. And so I never really know. And that's why it's so hard for me to collaborate with people because I never really know what it is. I'm, as I'm working on it, I'm mm-hmm. figuring out what it is. Yeah. So a lot of times, like you'll ask me, so what's the show going to be? Yeah. And I'm like, it's going to, no, but that's where it's, it's kind of cool. Cause show. with this show, it's actually called blessed assurance. So yeah. you're kind of this reassurance of other people to like go for it. Yeah. To like that. You will find the answers that you need and that it will never fail you. Yeah. It's one of those things that it's like, I've never been failed by my ability to, to get something done. Yeah. You know, it's like, I never know what it's going to be, but yeah. It always comes out and I'm always changed by it through it. And I'm always like, it's something that I couldn't have just thought of on the spot by myself. That's the reward for you is also the journey and stuff. It's not the the financial or the likes or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, and I think that's where the whole process can get jaded and whatever. Because people are doing it for the wrong reasons. It's more about a personal journey. And it's interesting because a lot of the artists that I interviewed said the main thing they were saying was like, I want to be out of, get out of my head. Like that was one of the main things I try when I'm trying to make stuff. I try to get out of my head. I try to get out of like the, the reality Mm -hmm. of like where you are. And I think to even believe in coming up to even come up with like a film script or to come up with a screenplay, you have to like go somewhere else. And that's where I wanted to explore where, where is that place that you go when you're not, you know, stuck in reality yeah and that's like the basis of like imagination you know and mm-hmm. how you're able to come up with new ideas so i wanted to explore that because i i don't know the answer either yeah. you know it's just something that i felt was interesting to you know talk about because as artists you'll talk about what you just did or like yeah. the show but you won't talk about like the deep reasons why you did yeah. it or if you really think back at how you truly came up with the concept yeah no it's great i love it and it's also great that it's like you're kind of doing all these medias all at the same time. So it's like it's kind of a safe place, too. It's like a safe place for like, you know, you have guys coming like, you know, hip hop or whatever, different people from different walks of nature. And they're mm-hmm. like all type and they're kind of interactive and then like they're trying to like process it and understand it. And it is nice that you're actually giving back as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I try to make work that's that you're able to feel better about like yourself or feel like less alone like mm-hmm. in going through it. I mean, in real safe, you might feel more alone for a second, yeah. but then there's, a, yeah. but then there's also, you know, who am I through this? Like, who am I standing on my own? I like to encourage individuality because I see myself as such an individual and I know it hasn't always been easy for me being an individual, but it's like. But you seem to mesh it well together because whether it's your music or your art or the film or the fashion, or like it all seems to kind of like flow together. I just equally interested in all of them. Yeah. So it's not like, I think a lot of times in music, you know, from the music business standpoint, people might see, oh, her art shows are um, a way to drive people to her music. It's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, in a perfect world, they could all live separate and I could have five different faces. Yeah. Well, I I even (laughs) felt it was cool that you didn't, you know, you had people that you admire performing at your show, but it wasn't, you weren't doing the music. You just created the environment, Yeah. you know? And I think that was like, kind of unexpected because people are like oh it's she's gonna be doing music but you didn't even do music yeah i prefer to keep the spaces separate so you can just enjoy them separately and you're not coming into it thinking that kilo quiche the screaming kilo quiche on stage is gonna be the same person that creates an environment for you to feel safe or welcomed like all of these things and within music alone every project is so different so it's Mm -hmm. like i might make a project that's only about nature and technology and then there might be a project that's about self or about Mm -hmm 
politics or whatever there might be but it's like all of these spaces exist separately and i just want people to be able to explore the things that i find interesting and and see if they find them interesting too because even that like initially was it reflections in real time Mm -hmm. was all about that right yeah it's all about like social media being 25 and you know being just being a girl and not really knowing you know, where to go with that. And how do I handle my career? How do I handle relationships? How do I handle like failure, frustration? How do I feel happy? That was more so like a diary entry, but my music now that I'm releasing is so it's so much exploring different things. It's exploring power. It's exploring, you know, being in charge of yourself, being in charge Mm -hmm. of like what you want to leave behind. So it's such a different space. So when you look back at your younger self now, because now you live in LA, Mm -hmm. so how did you make the move from LA to New York? I moved out here like with a guy I was dating at the time and we like had a house and we were like, oh, we're going to just make furniture Mm -hmm. for a year. And I was like, good. I want to (laughs) like, I don't know if I want to do music. I'm going to just make furniture in a like Laurel Canyon house. Um, But anyway, we ended up like not doing that. And and I was like, well, I kind of want to stay. I wasn't sure if I wanted to still Mm -hmm. do music because Mm -hmm. the first five years of doing it was so jarring because like I explained, I didn't expect to do it yeah so i was just getting thrust into all this press and all this stuff that was very like and you weird probably were getting me. a lot of people like hey can, can you do yeah. this oh i want you this or can yeah. you make this so it was very very scary the yeah. first couple of years and i took like i kind of hit out like la was yeah. kind of me hiding out when i made reflections in real time yeah. to try to process the past couple years yeah. and then through that and through learning to like then play shows and how do i how do i actually want to be received as an mm-hmm. artist now that i'm like on this wheel yeah like now it's my turn to take charge of it and that's, that's when good. i started that's the turning true. point where i kind of started to really I mean, that's impressive because a lot of people don't do that then they get caught up on the wheel and then they're being dictated by others but how they they should be or you got to be doing this and that's when you get like maybe that's when you get into that weird spiritual yeah. non-existence place yeah. you know and it's like because you don't even know and you're not even enjoying it anymore yeah well I know that if I would have taken the deals and if I would have taken the things that I initially got offered I'd probably mm-hmm. already be chewed and spit out and I wouldn't yeah. have a career yeah because honestly <laughs> like I would have probably put out a bunch of bad songs yeah. or maybe had one song that people like and then by now Five or six, eight <laughs> years later, nobody would have cared, honestly. Listen, honey. <laughs> so, yeah, it just really, like, it took a lot of saying no to things. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot well, of... That's, I mean, that's so... I heard a thing with a baby. When a baby's coming into its own self-development, the number one thing... The first thing they learn about their own identity is learning to say no. And it's such a big thing because it's so easy to say yes. But, like, actually setting your perimeters and your boundaries is, like, crucial to your own development. Yeah, and I heard like a quote from Karen O like recently where she was saying like, like that the best advice that she got was like to be more of like a bitch, like honestly <laughs> to be like, just to say no. And especially as a girl, it can be very difficult because a lot of, especially if you don't know what you're doing, you're getting yeah. thrust into something and there's all these executives that know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're like, well, what have I done? Yeah. I don't really have, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't feel right to me, but I don't, I don't, I don't really know if that's what I'm supposed to do or not. And you say yes to a lot of stuff and you regret it. Mm-hmm. And then you learn, like you can then choose to say, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Or you can be like, well, that that's just life. That's just what it is. Well, that's you know? why it's so important to have like good people around you too. Cause it is crazy. Like back in the day, you would be in Laurel Canyon for like three or five years to work on your album. You get your deal, you get to develop all this stuff. Now I expect to do like three or four albums a year. No, and then totally. it's like, it's like this hyper and it's like, yeah, you're done by your 23. It's like crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? 
I think in general, everything is moving quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. And I mm -hmm. think as consumers, we should have more patience in yeah. general with artists because it's hard to make good work quickly. Yeah. You know, and I think you could do it, but yeah. it's like you're not allowing them the time to to have experiences. Yeah. Like, because it's like if some of our friend artists is releasing albums every single year or every yeah. like releasing EPs yeah. every six months, yeah. they're not really growing that much through those. Or you their know craft I mean? or just taking the time to develop their ideas or thoroughly no, see them out yeah. or see the craft is like, Hey, I made the 18 songs in one day. And it's like, exactly. yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, cool. But you know, yeah. It's like, I really want to learn like how to play a bunch of instruments, but yeah. it's like, if I'm just running all over the place, then I can't, really, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, or also you're not allowing the person time to like have a relationship and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe have the heartbreak of their life. That's going to make the best record ever. Yeah. Which you kind of need, but right? They happen, you know? And so it's like, <laughs> it's, you kind of need these moments. Like, you know, are some artists have done a really good job of like not giving a fuck and being like, well, yeah. you're just going to wait for this record. Yeah. And I, and I think that's fair. It's, it's valuing yourself enough to say, Hey, like, no, I know that when I'm done, it'll be good. Like, yeah. You know, and, and I know that it'll be a better thing for you too. If I wait, I mean, it's not always easy. Cause the thing is, is we just live in this like, you know, expensive environment where people need money and consume and all that. And it's not like, you know, we're living in Trump's America right now where there's yeah. like no money for the arts or no anything. Like you said, even when you first went to school. So like a lot of people can't even afford to have that freedom anymore. And that's no. what, and that's the hard part. Like what I try and do is like give, you know, artist space, like here, you can develop your idea. And then, you know, you gotta be like, you gotta figure out the realities of stuff, mm -hmm. but like, it is true. I feel like now everything's just like, so if you don't give yourself the freedom, it's hard to have that freedom, but freedom is what you need. You know, yeah, totally. we all need freedom, you know? Yeah. And I think, cause that's where the real good stuff comes from. Cause like, of course things do come out of pressure and like, you know, yeah, especially in American history, you look at like all the best music kind of came from like a, a lot of bad situations. Yeah, totally. Also like artists are super sensitive. Extremely. You know what I mean? And if they're not protected in the right way, then that's like, they're vulnerable to all these outside pray you know? exactly no it's very very tough yeah it would be great in america if we had like you know more programs you yeah. know and i think a lot of artists believe in this and we want to create spaces for other people to you know explore themselves in different ways not just the norm not just oh you came to mm -hmm. my show here's a ticket and i, I played my music for you yeah. but even artists like solange and stuff giving like performance art installations yeah. and you know it's important for people to see that because sometimes music is the only that's like the first foray into art, right? Music. Well, I mean, a lot of, yeah, kids are looking on Instagram and they see something and they don't even know anything about it. But then if you introduce them to something, then it kind of opens the door to a whole new yeah, thing of, exactly. for them. And they're like, oh, wow. Exactly. And I think you can do so much in music videos and yeah. then just like these really like humble forms of art yeah. that, you know, would allow doors to open for other people. Yeah. Like you know, I was, they don't need to go into like a gallery or a museum to always see art or to no that's why like the underground museum was great when it started with noah because it was just giving access to kids that that didn't feel comfortable going to those places or didn't feel connected because it was in their community totally. and, then, and at the same time even though like you know i'm a bit of a socialist but i do think like with technology like it is cool that you can create all these things now pretty easy you can film yeah i mean everybody on their phone has a pretty good camera and yeah. a pretty good thing like you know yeah 
People are making full-length films on yeah, iPhones and which stuff. Which is crazy. Yeah, short films and things. Oh, and your first zine that you did with, like, the predictive texting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, can you explain that? Because that's really cool, actually. So poems. the first films um, that we had in the Real Safe show, those were, they had poems, and the poems were all created through, like, predictive text AI from your iPhone. So I would type in a phrase, a starter phrase, and I would mm-hmm. just keep hitting, you know, a word that, um, that popped up and I would just mm-hmm. hit it for, you know, 50 or 60 times so and cool. it would create all of this, you know, information that, that it thinks that I would say, or it thinks so that weird. that's what it feels would be the next thing. And it was full on stories about, you know, getting hired for a job and not being able to show up to see people and not being able to have the time of your life and not being able to like, it was full on conversations. And I was so like, cool. who is it? Like, what is this? <laughs> who am I talking to? Yeah. Is this and me? so this I added that. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. So I added that into the film. So I had those as the background audio um, for the films that I created. Yeah. So it's really fun to explore that. And I know a lot of artists explore AI now um, in their work, but. No, it's and I think you frontier. also, and the nice thing with you is you, you break it down that it's like not like so high concept that it's like in attain or like by inviting people to use a sound pad, it's like, no, you actually could do it too. Yeah. You, totally. you know what I mean? Which yeah. is like nice, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's been fun. It's been like really fun. And I'm thankful to you guys for letting me explore in the space and mm-hmm. like, like, like a white, you know, a white box can be mm-hmm. everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it, it forces you to like come up with ideas that are just, well, different. I like the idea. I mean, because it is a different environment when it's like a white box that you're kind of creating the space versus like, you know, when you're performing in front of the audience, like how that is different, right? Because mm-hmm. completely you, different. you feel a lot of pressure when you do that? Or is it, is it, I mean, do you get into like a kind of Zen-like thing when you start like doing a tour? Well, yeah, it's, it took me a long, I didn't perform for many years. So I'm starting just now kind of in my touring life um, mm-hmm. within the past couple of years. At first, I was more vulnerable, so I created more of a script or more of a stage play. So for mm-hmm. reflections in real time, I had cues. I had things that I, I created a world around it. I had um, additional dancers mm-hmm. because I felt less exposed in that way. Yeah, so there's so, like a kind of structure you could base upon so you could yeah. fall and you not have to like. Yeah, so there was like they're watching like a stage play. But when I started to do like mm-hmm. Moth Live, I started to take more control of myself on stage. And so now I feel way, way, way more comfortable. And so it's less of that. It's like more loose. It's really just whatever I'm feeling that day. And then that's the performative aspect of it. So it can be explosive, but it can also be just, you know, me or nice on stage or like happy to dance with everyone. I really, now I'm just myself. Yeah, now I do. But at first it was like very, very, when I first, first started, I went on a tour, like, when I was like 22, 23. And those shows were really hard because I didn't know yet what I was doing. Yeah. I, you know, it was it was very difficult. And so I, I kind of shunned it and I kind of stopped doing it. And I was like, oh, well, I don't have to do that because like, yeah. I do all these other things. Yeah. So I don't have to be yeah. a music artist. But the older I get, the more confident I get in the different genres that I do, the more that I want to be great at all of them. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I want to take them all equally seriously. I never want to be that artist that's like, oh, well, they're a multi-hyphenate. So mm-hmm. that means you can like fuck off over here. Yeah. And this part doesn't have to be that great. Or yeah. this part, ha- like, yeah. I want all of the things to be I mean, multi-hyphenate is a tricky thing because it's like, I remember people used to come in and they'd be like, oh, I'm like a CEO, a CEO, a spokesperson, DJ, <laughs> spokesmodel, you know. Uh, and like, if you kind of, your life is an art, it is true, then you kind of like, like I look at like painting techniques. I look at like music techniques. I mean, like even 
Like, you know, when we first started, we would approach things with like a jazz or blues standard. You always have like the composition and mm-hmm. it's like, and as long as you have harmony, as long, like, you know, when you're making the pads, yeah. as long as there's harmony, you can introduce all these different elements in the improvisation, mm-hmm. but it still works together, you know, totally. but it's nice to have kind of like graphic design cut and paste. You want a base to base exactly. it upon. But then as you get older, you actually like, oh, you can actually make that into like a 3D box where it's not just music, but it's visual, but it's like, and it all kind of like, you Yeah, know? the more that you start to explore and the more that you play with, the more that you see that there are these like overlapping similarities and things. Mm-hmm. Like some of the things <clears throat> you would find uncomfortable in music, you might also find uncomfortable in design. Yeah. Or you might learn that you like a lot of space in design, but in music no. you like this like chaos. Yeah. But you might not want to design something that has all these different fonts or colors yeah, you know yeah so you start to find like the more that you learn each one the more edit the films that you edit the more that it's easy to edit like music yeah. or like they always say like jack of all trades master of none yeah but you start to like become a master just in general of just being a creative yeah you know and it's yeah. like yeah i might not learn how to play like the blues yeah but like at a certain point, I know so much about like what it is to be like an overall artist and yeah. like to be able to like create scenarios that feel like, har- like you said, harmonious. But you also know where you want to go and, exactly. you can, and you can see like, you know, you have the vision to see it through the end and you know that that's just one part of it. Because I think sometimes people get so caught up in the minute, like little things of making that, that they don't see the overall picture. Totally. Like creating like. And I think that's the hard part. The hard part is figuring out what you're going to obsess over and what's like okay to just like let be yeah because it's like i could obsess over like a random color or like oh this doesn't look exactly how i wanted it but you have to remember okay what are what is a one person going to really like take away from this and that's what helped me by doing gallery shows yeah because it's helping to see like what people expected is so different than what i expected and Mm -hmm. allowing space for them to have that and also it is true. It's a bit of a science experiment too, right? Because you're kind of setting this all up. And then you're like, then when it first started, you kind of like ran away. Because you're like, you're like, it wasn't you're what, like I expected. what are people doing? They're doing it all wrong. Like what's going on? I definitely on? hid and then, in the like, bathroom for like five minutes <laughs> and drank a cup of vodka. Then I came out. Um, no, but then you came back and then people actually was like, then they were actually touching the pads yeah. and stuff. Because at first they just kind of like walked in and like, oh. And then they no, because you, like, yeah. you can screw up. Like you yeah. can, you know, your ideas... I've, what I've learned through being a creative is that your ideas are so different than from what, like your reality is so different than everyone else's reality at all times. Well, also it's like you kind of develop, you're like so in your own thought for so long that it's like they're coming into it like new newborns. They're totally fresh. They don't have any ideas. Yeah. So it's like you've been living with it and thinking about it. And it's like, you can't unlearn that. It's yeah, like you can't totally. like replace your eyeballs totally. you know, or whatever. So it's like, you kind of hope that like, at some point you didn't get so disconnected that like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't resonate. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that's like the, the balance. And I think that's a balance as well in music too, where of course you can make really strange projects all the time, mm-hmm. but then it's like, is it better to make a project that people can at least resonate with on a 50% level yeah. versus a project that goes over everyone's head? Well, I think that's everyone's own internal dialogue is just balanced. Like mm-hmm. how far do you obsess versus let go? Like how, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like how left field do you want to go without like, you know, cause you are, you do have a community behind you that kind of like are looking and they trust you and mm-hmm. there's a trust you built, but also they also are a part of it a little bit now too. Cause they want to come to your show. They want to support you. you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so, interesting. So what do you got upcoming? So upcoming, um, I have a new song coming out. 
I think it's supposed to be next Wednesday. Um, it's oh. called Spark. And then I have an EP Today's coming Today's November out. the 20th, by the way. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then also I have an EP called Redux coming out on December 6th. Cool. And then this show is up. Blessed Assurance is up until December 15th, right? Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go to sleep. That's <laughs> <laughs> I know, you keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. That's good. All right. (laughs) Come to the show. (laughs) Come to the show. You're listening to Brave New Views with Heavyweight Gunnery.